Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive. I am your host, Rob Riches. I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. And I'm waiting to be told I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Why would I tell you that? <laughs> because you tell me that every week. Because <laughs> every week you do something silly. <laughs> every week. Okay. I mean, I'm surprised you got your name right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you okay. gonna Are you gonna introduce us? Like not, I just introduced I, us. I mean, like, what do we do? What did we do this week? This is what we do now, right? What did we do this week? That's not introducing. Well, those so are just, they're just about. words. When are you going to learn this? They're words. It's called they're just English. words. <laughs> why do I? Why? What did you do this week? Today. No, no, this week, not just today. This week, I worked. I worked in another plant. That's right. Yeah. You went all the way back to where it all began. Back to the origins. Back to the old stomping grounds, and yeah. you loved every minute of it. It wasn't fabulous. It wasn't fabulous. <laughs> it's funny, you know, I say that everywhere I go, but I it's true. I miss the people. I do. Yeah. There were some people up there that were really good people. Um, I mean them not were, they probably still are good people, but I miss a lot of the good times I had there. And I miss that at the time the company was so young. Like especially yeah. when I started. Like you it, know was, what? it was it was young and, and, and it was back small. Then, and I would yeah. go to work and it was fun like we had fun and yeah. now there's just like no fun allowed well it's not that there's no fun allowed it's just that because the way things have changed that if you do some of the things we used to do it's frowned upon well it probably would have been frowned upon back then too but <laughs> i don't know the, the world is with its um cancel culture and all the different things yeah and harassment and and some of the stuff we did maybe could have been classified as harassment, but I did to everybody, so it was like equal. Yeah, it wasn't well, like I picked on just me, one person. For me, it was like it's all the safety rules back then. Safety rules weren't as big as they are now. Like we used to kind of play bumper cars on our tow motors for fun, and now not so much. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been some good changes. Good changes. Good changes. <laughs> Jesus, woman! <laughs> I it was so much more fun when we could smash the equipment that we drove on into each other. That was way better. Tell me that you wouldn't have more fun if you could play bumper cars while you were working. No, I'd probably break my back or whiplash or. Oh my god! Anyways, then today. Yes, for the same company. We did the. We volunteered for the children's christmas party the gift of giving yeah so that was fun it was fun it was very busy it was a long day there were a lot i was in charge of santa photos and there were a lot of unhappy children visiting <laughs> santa I, couldn't, I didn't even think about that all the screaming eh? <laughs> at least i had like i was in charge of all the inflatables yeah so at least they were all having happy they were all like on sugar highs and running everywhere but they were yeah happy. no the kids i dealt with were terrified <laughs> oh yeah well i'm never doing that <laughs> nope santa photos are off the list if i get asked 
Um, we still have Kiki. So if you've yeah. been following along, you know that we uh, help out Rebel Rescue. Rebel Dog Rescue, yep. And uh, we're uh, fostering some pups to help out uh, right now. So one of them was adopted, Martha. She's in her new home. She's a very happy girl. Yeah, she looks very happy in the photos that they've shared. Yeah, and they've shared some photos with us, and she's very happy. Happy, 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 puppy. And we have one left that I'm not allowed to keep, apparently, because my wife's mean. Because we have three large dogs my already. My wife is mean. <laughs> it's mean. If she wanted it, we would have it. You know how I know that? Because I have a dog <laughs> that I didn't want. Well, <laughs> we have three dogs mine was the original so what's one more what's one more yeah you don't even know we would so. never be able to foster again perfect <laughs> <laughs> anyways i have so, a long story this week oh that's right you have a long story yeah ladies so, and gentlemen like, get ready to close your eyes <laughs> Sit back, relax, get a cup of coffee. We need to get this party started because otherwise we're going to be up until the night. Okay, well, apparently we're going to start the story right now because my wife's impatient. So I'm not impatient. I have a long story and I know that people are used to a certain time frame of recording that we have and I don't want to double it on them. It's that long? I don't want to <laughs> listen to it. How long it's is not, it? It's not double as long. Maybe it's double as long. But... Not if we get started. I don't want to listen to it that long. I'm going to fall it's, asleep. Listen, it's is a it exciting? roller coaster of emotions. Roller coasters of emotions. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's getting raped. Nope. Nope. No rapes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess you got your story. You got I your do. drink. I do. I, in fact, have a large glass of red wine. I'm a happy girl. We didn't need all that content. I just had to say, yep. Yeah. See, now you just made it longer than it needed to be. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let her rip to okay. chip. I'm going to tell you about... Yossi Ginsberg. Yossi. Yossi. Yosef Ginsberg was Wait, born. I thought you said it was Yossi. Listen, he goes by a nickname. <laughs> he was born in April of 1859 and raised in Israel. And his parents were Holocaust survivors. So that means nothing. I just thought it was interesting. When he was eight. That means nothing. Surviving the Holocaust means nothing. I mean. My wife said that. No. Just so you know. I just mean it has. It's it's not pertinent to the story. It was just interesting. So I added it. Okay. Yossi was 18. And he was forced to. What? <laughs> 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 has nothing to do with the story. It was just interesting. But it's not pertinent. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That whole sentence doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to tell you about Yossi. Okay. Are you listening? I am listening. Okay. Am I not bringing up everything you said? Okay. When he was 18, he joined the Israeli Navy I because you have to, I guess, when you live there. So um, he was there for three years and he was stationed in the Red Sea. And in November 1981, Yossi was 22. He had just finished his military training at the... Israeli defense defense forces and he came back and he decided it's time for me to explore the world I want to go see what's out there this guy is an adventurer so the first tra trip he took was a trip from Africa to Mexico and then he came home and he worked several jobs to save some money because he wanted to travel to South America you with me I'm with you okay South America I'm in late along. 1981 Ginsburg height hitchhiked from Venezuela to Colombia and then further south to Peru. 
his plan was to make his way to Machu Picchu. Oh, that's in Peru. That's in Peru. It's actually the most visited tourist destination in Peru. Did you know they're technically shutting that down? Why? Because it's being ruined? Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe it. They did. I was uh, on the top of Chichen Itza in Mexico, and now you can't go up there anymore. So I was probably one of like the last thousand You're probably people. the one that wrecked it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought your story was long. It is. Then why are you telling me about your trip to Mexico? You distracted me. Okay. First, he wanted to visit the island of Tequil, which is an island in Lake. I want to see if you can keep a straight face, Titicaca. Why wouldn't I be able to keep a straight face? (laughs) Because I can't. (laughs) It's like Titicaca. I mean, you can't. Okay. Yes, you can if you're not a five-year-old. Well, I'm drinking red wine and I'm five. Yossi... Got onto the ferry bound for the island, but just as the boat was pushing away, somebody came running and shouting for the boat to wait. So it was like the boat was just, it feels like a story that we have our own story, but they waited for this guy to run onto the boat breathless and he sits next to Yossi and he smiles. And his name was Marcus Stamm and he was a teacher from Switzerland. He spoke many different languages. He was very charismatic. Everybody liked him. And Yossi and Marcus became fast friends on their boat ride. They decided that when they got to the island, they, ex- they would explore it together. Turns out Marcus was going through a personal crisis. His longtime girlfriend, I mean like of nine or ten years, like they were together for a long time, had encouraged him to follow his dreams and, sa- and travel to South America. And then when he was gone, she found somebody else and broke up with him. Well, that was nice of her. That was nice. <laughs> yes. It's like the equivalent of emailing or texting now, right? Yeah. It was probably by via letter at that point. Dear John. Yeah. <laughs> so poor Marcus was traveling with a broken heart. Anyways, he makes friends with Yossi and they spend the night on the island. And the next morning, they're making their way back into the town of Kuno in Peru. Um, it was here that Marcus convinced Yossi to change his plans of traveling to Machu Picchu. Marcus asked Yossi, instead of going to the Machu Picchu, if he would go with him to the capital of Bolivia, La Paz. Yossi told him that he had already had a plan and he was already starting to run out of money. So if he went to La Paz, he wouldn't make it to Machu Picchu. And Marcus pulled money out of his pocket and said, please. So Yossi agreed and they were off to La Paz. The two were living it up in this bustling city. They were staying in cheap hotels and hostels. They made friends with two girls in the city. They were going to the nightclubs. They actually did some hallucinogenic cactus. Like, it was a real party time. Anyways, they did that. that cactus juice. (laughs) It'll get you every time. (laughs) Anyways, just as Yossi decided, okay, it's time to cut this to an end. I really want to get my trip back on track. And starting to start heading towards Machu Picchu, Yossi met another man named Carl Ruprechter. Carl, Carl stopped Yossi on the street that day and asked him if he was an American. Yossi said that he wasn't. He was Israeli. But they both spoke English together and they began a conversation. Carl said that he was Austrian, but he had been living in Bolivia for the last 10 years living as a geologist. He started telling Yossi about all the adventures and explorations he had in the jungle. 
he showed Yossi all of these wild photos of him standing with the indigenous tribes. Like he was full on wearing, you know, the tall boots and the, you know, the hat. What are they called? Those hats, the safari hats or whatever with like the khakis. The, like and, the Indiana Jones hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he was in right, it. Right. right? Carl told Yossi that he was heading back into the jungle soon to find isolated tribes. And apparently there was a river just full of gold. And he asked Yossi if he and his friends would like to come along. So Yossi was all in. He was like, yeah, I want to go and meet like indigenous tribes that nobody's ever spoken to outside of their, you know, the rainforest. And I want to find gold. But he had to go back and talk to Marcus about it. So they arranged to meet the next day so that Yossi could go and talk to Marcus. And now Marcus is mad because he said before he had to leave. And now he's doing stuff with other people. No, Marcus wasn't sure about going. He Because the, the girls that they had been hanging out with, he had grown close with one of them. And oh, <laughs> she was like, come with me to the countryside. And he was like, okay. And then he heard about this. So he didn't know if he wanted to go, but he did agree to go and meet Carl the next day anyways. So the next day, when they're on the way to meet Carl, they met up with another one of Marcus's friends, Kevin Gale. Kevin was a naturalist and a photographer who had spent years in Latin America. So the three of them, they get to Carl, and Carl told them all about taking them deep into the Amazon. They would see things that most people would never get a chance to see in their lifetime. They would come back with gold that was all over the Tuichi River. Tuichi River. So the trio were in. What? Okay. I didn't say a damn thing. <laughs> I thought you were going to. No. So now we just got dead airspace there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kevin had a flight book to go back home to Oregon for the first time in years. He was planning on going back for Thanksgiving, but he canceled his plan so that he could go and get photographs because he's a photographer of the isolated tribes in the jungle. And he decided he'd push his trip back to Christmas. So they agreed to meet the next day and start doing what they needed to do. So that's what they did. And they had to do some shopping. So shopping? What are they shopping. buying? Indiana Jones hats? They needed essentials. They needed insect nets, anti-venom, a machete, and like basic foods like rice and beans and coffee and that kind of thing, right? Carl was with them making sure that they had everything that they needed. He told the group that he, he had been in the jungle so many times that he didn't even need a map. The only map that he used was one that he hand-sketched himself. That sounds like a typical man. <laughs> Yeah. I don't need a map, and I'm not stopping for directions. I know where I'm going. Kevin. I know this place like the back of my hand. Kevin, don't forget, has been in this area for years, and he's a little bit skeptical. So he went out and bought a very basic map anyways. During their errands, Carl went into the local post office. When he came out, he had an upset look on his face. He told Yossi that he had received urgent news from his family and that he needed to go home. Yossi was crushed. He asked if the, if Carl could just shorten his trip because the original plan was that Carl was going to go in for three months. All of them weren't going to be there for three months. They were going to be there for however long. And then Carl was going to arrange for them to go back with some kind of person to take them back to civilization. And Carl was going to stay on. Um. Carl said no, because it wasn't worth him to make the trip shorter. He still had to pay for his airfare. He still had to pay for everything. And making it shorter would just make, you know, like, you know, understand what I'm saying. 
he still has to pay that same amount of money, but for a shorter trip, it wasn't worth it. So Yossi was considering just going in without Carl, like the three of them going in. He figured they had enough know-how between the three of them that they could go and do this thing on their own. And then Carl's like, I don't think that's a good idea. And he changed his tune a little and he said he would go in as their guide, but they would have to pay him. He asked for the equivalent of $150 to cover his travel and food expenses. So they all talked it over and they agreed to pay Carl. The plan was that they would fly as close as possible to their destination. The plane would drop them off and they would hike for six days to the village of Toromanas. Monas? Monas. Whatever. They would rest there for a couple of days and then they would make their way to the Tuichi River to a gold mining camp called Curry Playa, which would be vacant at this time because it was only in use between June and October because the rainforest starts getting rainier in the winter. It's really bad in December, but in October it starts rainier. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? When we were in Costa Rica, they were like, don't visit in October. That's a terrible time to visit. Right? Yes. That is true. They said, do not come. Water runs up through the doors. Anyways, at this camp, that's where they would get all their gold. After about a week there collecting their gold, doing their thing, they would build a raft and raft down the river about a hundred miles to the town of Ruanabak where they would fly back home. Sounds good. You're with me? I'm with you. We're going to be millionaires, getting lots of gold. Right. Fly. Before they left, Yossi pinned a note to his belongings that he was leaving, saying that he would return on December 15th and to leave his stuff there. He'd, He'd be back. He also wrote a letter to his brother and told him if he hadn't heard from him by the first week of January, something was wrong. So he's got his bases covered. Something was wrong. But he's like leaving little Easter eggs. Whatever. Come find me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So on November 4th, they were off. Off. Yeah. They landed in Apollo and police officers there suggested that they register with the police station before going into the jungle. But Carl said, nah, that's just red tape. We don't need to do that. Are you hearing alarm bells yet? Oh, I heard alarm bells since they said they were going to go get gold. (laughs) (laughs) The next day, they started their hike into the jungle. They found a ranch and stopped there where they had dinner with the owners. While they were there, they found a small emaciated dog at the ranch who was begging for food. And my wife said, leave the damn thing there. (laughs) Don't touch it. Don't do anything for it. Okay, Carl. Okay. Carl told a story about how a dog had once saved him from a jaguar, and he insisted that they bring this dog on them with their adventure. So they bought Don't. <laughs> Don't take the dog. Leave it. I hope the dog winds up saving everybody. <laughs> they bought the dog from the rancher. They named her Flaca, which means skinny in Spanish. This poor <laughs> little dog was not meant to be on a jungle adventure. She was sickly and skinny, and Carl was a jerk. <laughs> He was yanking her leash and dragging her through the jungle. Kevin got tired of watching this and picked her up and carried her around his neck, you know, like YM style. You know, Yeah. Four days of hiking, they reached the village of Ariamus. (laughs) I knew how to say this earlier, and I don't. Ariamus on the Tuichi River. They spent some time there resting and hanging out with the locals. 
Kevin asked Carl just to leave Flocka, let her stay in the village, but Carl refused. After a few days, they were off again into the jungle, and they were dragging poor Flocka with them. After days of hacking their way through the jungle, Flocka pancaked. She wasn't going to do this anymore. She refused to go any further. So Carl dropped a rope and said, fine, have it your way. And he just left her there in the middle of the jungle. Oh, so Carl turned into a Cheryl. I, pardon me, I would never leave a dog in the middle of the jungle. Poor dog, no home, no nothing, just left. Yeah, so Carl's a jerk. Anyways, they're, we're carrying on. Along the way, they shot birds and monkeys. If it didn't die immediately, they would wring their necks or bash their heads in with a rock because bullets were, what's the word? Expensive? Scarce? <laughs> scarce. Bullets were scarce. So they it's almost needed. like I wrote your story for you. <laughs> This is ridiculous. <laughs> you shouldn't do long stories. Okay. I'm trying. <laughs> You're forgetting I'm really words. Trying. I always forget words. That's not because it's a long story. <laughs> I always forget words. Okay. This was really bothering Marcus. He couldn't watch. It really? Was, well, you think? They were bashing monkeys' heads in with rocks. It didn't bother Kevin and Yossi because Kevin and Yossi were starving and they didn't care. They just wanted to eat. So more days go by and they get to another village. This was cool. The people there wore shrunken heads on their belts and they wore loincloths or grass skins. So, I mean, how much more indigenous in the rainforest do you get than shrunken heads on your belt, I guess? I don't know, but I want one. <laughs> They moved on the next day. I would do. I wouldn't want to stick around there for too long. I won't. <laughs> the group was starting to feel some division at this point. Yossi and Kevin started calling Marcus the Girl Scout, the Girl Scout behind his back. That's not nice. Well, he was having a lot of trouble, not only with the monkeys bashing their heads in, but they were killing slow-moving sloths, and they were cutting down entire trees for just a couple pieces of fruit. So sometimes Marcus would even refuse to eat. Why are they cutting down a whole tree for some fruit? That's what Marcus thought. Five days later, they were starting to feel a little bit lost. The group was fighting. Marcus was weak from not eating enough, and he had developed trench foot from having wet feet all the time, which is a really painful condition. So yeah, they I hear it's like being married. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so they decided to turn around and head back to Ariamis. There's that word again. Yeah, words. Words. They're hard. They made it back to the village and found Flocka there, safe and happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they spent days there resting and resupplying. They paid to have a raft to be built. And Marcus and Yossi started to talk again. Marcus's feet started feeling better, and they, he decided that, yeah, I'm going to go on with this trip. So they all went off together. But almost immediately, the fighting began. Uh, they were, like, fighting about who steered the raft and who was steering it wrong. Don't you even start. And after almost capsizing in the river, they don't pulled up. Don't you start. <laughs> don't you start. Why? <laughs> Because I know you're going to start talking about the canoe, which I think we've already covered. If we haven't, <laughs> let me tell you about the canoe. <laughs> when we get a canoe to go canoeing, my wife becomes nautical. 
and knows all about canoeing, even though no. her and I have done as much canoeing. <laughs> and it's like, you need to roll this way. You need to paddle this I way. You need to do it this way. Canoe. So did I. <laughs> I know about canoeing. She does not know about canoeing. But anyway, whenever we get a canoe. When we got to this part, I was like, yep, I can see how the fight started. I get it. I'm there with you. But almost after almost cast. To save our marriage, <laughs> I bought a motor for the canoe. <laughs> okay. And then a kayak so she could paddle her own damn ass yeah. around. I love my kayak. It was a good decision. So do I. <laughs> okay. But after almost capsizing in the river, they pulled over to the shore and Carl was pissed. Oh, almost capsized. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Carl was pissed. Carl couldn't swim. And it was clear that the group wasn't working together. They camped and they set out again the next day. And after another shit show day and losing their pools, they pulled the raft over again. And Carl explained that they were approaching the San Pedro Canyon. So this canyon was like whitewater rapids and there was nowhere to pull over. It was walls on both sides. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and he said it was, you couldn't, you couldn't raft through it. It's not going to happen. That's like, he was like, nope, that's not how we do this. So his plan was that you pull over just before the canyon, you get out, you disassemble the raft, you send two people ahead to the end of the canyon, right? Mm -hmm. And the two people that stayed behind or sent the raft pieces down to the people at the other end who are there waiting to catch all the pieces and they gather them and they pull them to shore and then they start putting the raft together while they wait for the other two to catch up that's, his that's plan. a horrible idea well that was his plan it was better it was probably a better idea than rafting through this rapids that was there but you think people are going to catch pieces of your raft going down <laughs> okay kevin thought because carl couldn't swim and that he was just generally afraid of the raft, that he was exaggerating, and he thought the danger wasn't as bad as Carl was saying it was. So they're getting closer to this canyon. Two more days pass, and Carl's had enough. They're fighting too much, and he pulls over, and he says, that's it. I'm going back to Sit La Paz. Sit on your hands. <laughs> he says, I'm going back to La Paz. I am not doing this anymore. Yossi and Kevin didn't want to go back. They wanted to keep going. They wanted their adventure. But they didn't want the Girl Scout with them. So they tricked Marcus. They were like, Marcus. So Yossi says, Yossi, Yossi says to Marcus, I really don't want to go with Kevin, but I can't let him go by himself. And Marcus is like, well, Kevin and I don't get along, so I can't go with him. So he's like, oh, well, then maybe you should just go back with Carl and I'll go on with Kevin. So that's what happened. Marcus turned around to go back with Carl. And Kevin and Yossi carried on. Okay. You don't even know where you are on the page. Do I do. You? I do. Oh my okay. God. I am so sorry, people. <laughs> I won't let her do a long one again. If she ever tells me she's doing a long one, I will just tell her no. It's been good so far, has it not? I, know, I fell asleep. You did not. Somewhere around, they were going to get gold. <laughs> okay. Carl gave them specific instructions. He said that there was a small beach before the canyon. It would be their last opportunity to pull aside before getting sucked into the rapids. And from there, there was a trail that you would follow past the canyon and to the mining camp. So they all shook hands and they separated. Kevin and Yossi strapped all their gear to the raft and they were off. But the Tuichi was a force to be reckoned with. A force. It was a force. There were times when they were holding on to the raft for dear life while it tossed them around through the rapids. 
They were trying to get to the beach that Carl had told them about before stopping for the night. But as twilight approached, they looked around and they realized that they were in the canyon. Cliffs surrounded them and there was no place to pull ashore. And somehow they had completely missed the beach. Son of a beach. Son of a beach. They were slammed into the rocks with their raft. The men were trapped in the river, caught between the cliff face and the raft. The pressure from the water kept them pinned. But Kevin managed to free himself. He jumped from the raft into the water, and he managed to swim the seven yards to shore. Yossi was still pinned there, and he threw Kevin the machete. And Kevin ran into the jungle to try and find a vine to cut down to throw it to Yossi. But as Kevin went off to go get a vine, the raft let go. Yossi tried to hold on to the raft as it slammed into rock and got rocks and got sucked underwater, but the raft smashed into some rocks and threw Yossi into the air. And when he landed, he managed to grab a piece of the raft and held on to it as he was swept through the rapids. He was in the rapids for 20 minutes until the water finally slowed and Yossi made it to the shore alive. When he got to shore, he was hoping that Kevin would catch up and find him, but Night fell and no signs of Kevin. So he waited overnight for Kevin. Obviously, he wasn't going to go over anywhere overnight. When the sun came up in the morning, Yossi got up and headed in the direction where he last saw Kevin, hoping that they would run into each other. And it, uh, he had also lost his pack and any remainders of the raft, so he was looking for that too. And of course, it's raining hard because why wouldn't it be? Oh. It's a rainforest, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> He did manage to find his pack and his raft, but there was no signs of Kevin. Kevin got eaten. He I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Kevin got eaten. <laughs> he tied the raft to the shore and checked his pack. He had a little bit of rice and beans, a flashlight, the map, a poncho, a mosquito net, and a lighter. Yossi spent the next two days making his way up and down the canyon, screaming Kevin's name, trying to find him with no luck. He was unable to even start a fire because everything was wet. Eventually, he found a cave where he was able to start a fire. He peeled off his socks and shoes and found that his skin had peeled away and his feet were infected. Ew. Yeah. And he got sick. He had a fever. He was having hallucinations and he even lost control of his bowels. He had Ew. little, yeah. He had little food and he was getting weaker. So he stayed in the cave trying to recuperate. On the fifth day, he decided that he needed to get up and get moving. He needed to do something. He looked at his map and figured out that he was close to Curry Playa, the mining town, the gold town, right? Yeah. He hoped that Kevin would head in that direction too, and he started off. The first day he spent walking the whole day, only realizing in, at nightfall that he had headed in the wrong direction and he needed to turn around the next day and start. He had in the wrong direction. He had a map. Okay, he had a map, but he was looking at these ridges thinking, well, if I go up over these mountains, it will be faster. I'm going to go that way. So he didn't follow the map. <laughs> and then he got to the first, the top of the mountain that he was looking at, and he just found more mountains. So he didn't follow the map. No, he didn't. He tried to take the shortcut. <sighs> yeah. So he had to turn around, right? But for that night, he had to spend the night up there. So... He put his poncho on top of himself with the mosquito net over top. And again, he couldn't start a fire because everything was so wet. He heard bet she wishes he had that Girl Scout now. <laughs> I bet. I bet. He heard strange jungle noises all around him that night, including something screaming while it was being eaten. Oh, that was Kevin. <laughs> 
you're terrible. <laughs> Why? At one point, he thought he heard footsteps approaching him, but then he thought, oh, it must be in my head. And then he heard it again. So he decided it was time to investigate. So he found his flashlight and pointed in the direction that he heard the noise coming from. And about 12 feet away from him was a jaguar and its tail was swishing and his ears were pinned back and he was in full stalking mode. Wow. What was he going after? <laughs> Yossi. Oh. <laughs> Yossi tried to scream at the cat to scare it away, but it didn't move. It wasn't scared. So he put his flashlight between his teeth while he went root, like went through his backpack and he grabbed the insect repellent and a lighter and he full on blowtorched in the direction of the cat until the can was completely empty. And then the cat said, now what? <laughs> when the flame went out, the cat was gone and Yossi had to stay there under his poncho with knowing that there was a jaguar that was about to eat him for overnight. He doesn't know it was about to eat him. Well, it looked like it That's was about to eat That's a little vain, isn't it? <laughs> I'm so delicious that Jaguar is going to eat me. I know it is. The Maybe next... he was in the Jaguar's cave and the Jaguar just wanted to come home. Well, whatever the case may be, he didn't like it. I wouldn't like it either. It's just a big kitty. The next morning, he tried to head back towards the Tuichi. He found some berry bushes and ate as many as he could. And then got diarrhea. No, <laughs> he followed a smaller river in the direction of the Tuichi, but the rain was drenching him. His legs were chafing from the soaked clothing and his feet were almost stumps at this point. But eventually he did find the river again and he made camp for a few days in a cave trying to recuperate. And he was fishing and eating fruit from the trees on the shoreline. And it was like a good setup there. So he spent two days there, but then he needed to set off again. So he set off and the following day he found Curry Playa. There was nobody there, but there was shelter and there were beds to sleep in. He spent the night laying next to a warm fire. His knee felt itchy. And when he reached down to scratch it, he found an engorged leech. Uh, yeah. Well, at least it wasn't bugs inside of him. Right. And then he searched his body for others and then found that he was covered in leeches. They were in his armpits, on his legs, and all the little folds of his skin, and even between his butt cheeks. Oh. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> yeah. Looking at the map, he figured that he had a five or six day hike from there to San Jose, where San Jose is civilization, right? So the next morning, he set off. He found a trail that he... How did he get rid of the leeches? Did he get rid of the leeches? He just peeled them off. Oh. Yeah. He followed the trail that he figured would take him right to where he needed to be. And while he was taking the trail, there were fruit bushes along the way, so he was eating fruit and throwing his pits on the ground as he went. He was hiking for hours when he looked down and saw a shoe print. And he thought, it, his. it must be Kevin's. And he gets super excited, right? But then he found fruit pits. And he realized they were his own, and he had walked in a big circle. Again, where's the map? <laughs> I told you it was a very basic map. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that he did a big circle. He has a map. <laughs> the next day, maybe he doesn't have a compass. So what's a map going to do if you don't know what direction you're heading in? Because the top of the map is always north. But so he doesn't know which way he's facing without a compass. Really? That's what you're going with? <laughs> I'm going with that. <laughs> The next day, he spent hiking and foraging. All you got to do is look at the moss in the tree. Okay, listen. I We're getting listening. to some good stuff here. Um, he slipped and he fell on a stick that went right up his butt. 
Of course it did. <laughs> of course it did. And while he was stumbling around because he had a stick up his butt and he was in pain, he stumbled right into a hornet's nest. Of course he did. Of course he did. The hornet stung him everywhere, including his face, and his eyes started swelling shut. Okay, so now we're going to skip to day 17. He's been on his own for 17 days. He's exhausted and he's... Wait a minute, that's just where we're leaving? A stick up his butt and stung and then we're skipping days? Well, what else is there? Well, did he get it out? Did he have, yeah, he got it out. And his, he got it out. His underwear was covered in blood. He couldn't make a bowel movement without putting his finger there to stop the bleeding. But I wasn't going to get into all of that. Why? Uh, these are <laughs> things that we need to know. How bad this, how badass was this that he survived it? Well, it was, ah, it was, man, <laughs> I got to stick up his butt, got stung. So day 17. <laughs> okay, what? we're going to day 17. He's exhausted and he's weak and his body has taken a beating, like literally. The rainy season has brought flooding and at times the trail was flooded up to his waist. And a plane flew over that day. Yossi waved his red poncho around in hopes of being spotted. But just like my other stories, he wasn't seen. That night he prayed to die. And a woman appeared. The woman was scared and Yossi reassured her that, and told her that they would see them the next day. The next day, he carried on encouraging the woman to come with him. They walked under a family of monkeys that scream and threw dates at them. Well, at least it was dates. <laughs> yeah, so that's <laughs> true because he ate them. <laughs> Whatever they were throwing at him, he was eating. Um, until the next day when he walked right into quicksand. <laughs> he struggled for over an hour. He, he thought about committing suicide. He had a jar of pills in his hand. And he's like, I'm going to die in quicksand. And it's going to be excruciating. I'm just going to take all of these pills. But then he decided against it. Where's this woman? I'll get to that. He struggled for over an hour to get the six feet to solid ground. That night when he was making a bed for two, he came to the realization that he was alone and that he had been hallucinating the woman the whole time. Okay. Yeah. He was in a lot of pain. So much pain that he couldn't even undo his pants and he wet himself. And so he was awoken by more pain. There were ants all over him. They had huge pincers. They made their way through their netting and through the through his netting and through his clothing. And they were ripping at his skin. And this went on. He was peeling them off and throwing them. But this went on all night. The next morning revealed that he was covered in not only ants, but thousands of termites. They were all over. They were all over his netting. They were all over him. What do you wind up in? It was the urine. The urine attracted them. Oh. Yeah. So note to self, if caught in the jungle, do not wet your pants. No doubt. Yeah. Um, they had put holes in his mosquito netting. He carried on as much as he could, mostly on his hands and his knees, but he managed to make it back to Curry Playa. He took off his socks and shoes, which was the most pain he had ever felt in his life. And her, his feet were covered in pus and there was no skin left at all. And his toes were like wedged together with blood and pus and mud they were all stuck together Ew. yeah he had now been on his own for 18 days he had a large bump on his forehead that was aching he laid on the shore under his netting in the sun that was out for once and then he heard buzzing bees they followed them the wasps <laughs> the bees. we're not done with you <laughs> The buzzing was so loud that he thought one was stuck in his netting and he jumped up because he wasn't about to get stung again. When he jumped up, he saw a boat in the river. 
four men were on their way to them. One of them was Kevin. <laughs> Kevin ran over to him and threw his arms around him. And this was for real. He was not hallucinating this. So, as it turns out, Kevin had walked along the shore looking for Yossi for five days. While he was hiking, he came upon two hunters that helped him back to the village. Kevin begged for help to try to find Yossi, but nobody wanted to help. So he went to where Marcus and Carl were supposed to be, but they weren't there either. When Kevin went to the embassy and mentioned Carl's name, the embassy took interest. After Kevin finished telling them everything that they had been through and everything about Carl, they laughed in his face. They knew who Carl was. He was a fugitive and he was a professional con artist. He was wanted by the Austrian government and the embassy council was relieved when they found out that he was lost in the jungle. <laughs> they didn't care. Carl was known to take tourists into the jungle and abandon them there. The plane that flew overhead was Kevin searching for Yossi or Marcus. Then Kevin got in touch with a name, man named Tico who agreed to go out and search for Yossi. Tico was just telling Kevin that this was it. They were going to turn around. They were pulling over to turn around. And just as they were doing that, they found Yossi crumpled on the shore. As oh, it, at least that worked out for once. Yeah, yeah. As it turns out, Curia Playa doesn't even exist. What? Yeah. The camp that Yossi had found was actually called Progresso, and Carl had completely made up Curry Playa. The storm that Yossi lived through was the worst that the area had seen in decades. And Yossi was brought back to Ruanabek, where Yossi was nursed back to health and got in touch with his family. So we have to go back to that bump on Yossi's head. Oh, boy. Here we go. It was a bot fly. Stuck into his head. Yeah. Giving <laughs> birth to babies. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> he squeezed a huge maggot out of his forehead. Wasn't that that same thing that girl got? Yeah. Oh. What was her name? I can't think of it right now. Anyways, um, over the weeks, a dozen more were removed from her body, from his body. Uh, Kevin and Yossi headed back to La Paz on Christmas Eve, hoping to find Carl and Marcus there because that's where they were supposed to, like that's where they all met. That's where they were supposed to end up, right? Yeah. But they were not there. Kevin arranged for another search party to find Marcus and Carl, but they were never found. There were reports of people seeing Carl and actually there were photographs, like recent photographs seen of Carl at one point. Um, he was living somewhere else. He was like on the lamb, living somewhere else, living a different identity. But they never ever actually found him. They never found Marcus. The Girl Scout? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. So I don't know. Is Carl a serial killer? Is that what he does? Well, I don't know. He I said don't... he was a con artist. Yeah. But... I don't know. But, but Carl it... and them, they just kind of met up too, right? Yeah. So... I don't know. Anyways, later in life, Yossi has worked to help save the rainforest, and he's actually helped save, like, thousands and thousands of acres of rainforest. He's a motivational speaker, and he's written three books. And his story was actually turned into a movie starring Daniel Radcliffe called Jungle. Uh -huh. oh. And that is my very long story of Yossi Ginsberg. So long that you took up all my time. All your time. You still uh, have okay. time. I still have time? Yes. So, are you going to do any more long stories? Maybe, if I find one. 
What's wrong with my long story? I thought Nothing. it was a, it was a good one. Nothing. Wasn't it a good story? It was a fantastic story. It was story. worth every second of time that Everybody, I took. Everybody, please wake up. It's my turn. <laughs> You're such a brat. Why? <laughs> what do you mean everybody wake up? They were glued to their, I don't know, radios. You don't even know what they were glued to. <laughs> their cell phones. Their, their ears were alert. Tablets. Whatever they were listening to. They were glued to it. I've actually heard rumor that a lot of people just push play and wait until I come on. Well, I've heard a lot of rumor that people press stop after I'm done. I don't think you're right. <laughs> I think you're just trying to copy what I said because you can't come up with your own crap. How is that copying? I said the direct opposite of what you said. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Do you have any stories? Yes, I have lots of stories. Do you have any pertinent stories for today's episode? Uh, nope, you took up all my time. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. I'm going to awe and woo you with my story. Okay, I am of listening. Johnny. I am listening with bated breath. Uh, this takes place in Nevada. Ooh, we're in the desert. Uh, at the Las Vegas. Oh, we're in Vegas. And it happened January 1st, 2000. Oh, that's like 1999. Party time. No, New Year's Eve. 2000. I know, but it's the day the following. turn of the millennium. Right, yes. He, our Johnny, was the first Darwin of the millennium. Well, that is something to have. So, Johnny made a place for himself. In the history by being the first person to die celebrating the millennium minutes before midnight before no, midnight no, had has no, to be after midnight. yeah it was minute just minutes after midnight okay i read that wrong okay the stanford graduate climbed to the top he's from stanford he's from stanford so he's a smart guy then yeah okay carrying on what's wrong with being smart and doing something stupid well, I mean, sometimes... Like right now, I'm watching a cat chase its tail. <laughs> well, he, nobody ever said he was smart. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> um, yes, so Stanford graduate climbed to the top of a streetlight in front of the Paris Las Vegas Hotel. Okay. And he was waving enthusiastically at all the travelers passing by. Woohoo! The millennium! Yeah, the computers didn't crash. Yeah. No Y2K. And at midnight, like I said before. Okay, I'm listening. Right? He slipped. And in an effort to break his fall, he grabbed the wires that were supplying electricity to all the streetlights. Oh, no. And suddenly he was conducting a lot more than the crowd. Oh, no. Yes. All the watts went through. And a camera caught his foolhardy climb and substantially head-first plunge into the concrete oh, below. Oh, head-first. I don't need to know that. That's terrible stuff right there. Yep. Can, you can hear it. You can hear it in your head. It had not, it's still not been determined to this day, not that they're still looking into it, but whether or not he died from the electrocution or the 30-foot fall. Oh, no. No, uh, Johnny, no. You celebrated a little too hard. And again, so, where were his friends? Yeah. So, well, here you go. Um, whatever, here we go. There's a whole bunch of more stuff on here on this one, but I lost it. Oh, here it is. 
Todd was a Stanford graduate working at a Silicon Valley startup scheduled to go public in the summer. He stood to make a substantial profit with his options as well. Oh. And then they were all avoided by his untimely death. Clearly, a sterling academic pedigree is no indication of common sense. <laughs> I guess. Maybe his friends were like, yeah, if he dies, well, then I get his cut. <laughs> so before leaving to Vegas, one of his friends said, people are going to be doing crazy things there. Be careful. Mm. And Johnny replied, you know, I won't. Ha, ha, ha. And friends pondering his death said they thought that, that Johnny thought he was invincible. And he used to climb the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, I want to do that. No, you don't. Not the Golden Gate Bridge. No, but I know. You want to oh, I want to go up the Australian Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. What is that one called? I can't remember. But yeah. Anyways, I can see the appeal. That's all I'm saying. So here's what's even more funny, though. Um, while they were watching all this media event going on and, you know, his death and all that, um, there's a bunch of more people that decided to climb the traffic lights to get a better view of what was going on. Are you joking? <laughs> so they, uh, they just watched this guy fall, get electrocuted and die and decided that they were going to climb up the same street. They're the lights. real Darwin Award winners, but except they didn't remove themselves from no, the future Darwin Awards. <laughs> future. <laughs> Monkeys. I'm sure. <laughs> so that's Darwin winner number one. And now number two. This, this, oh, this, this poor girl reminds me of you. Oh, did she pet something she shouldn't have? No, not really. <laughs> but a Chinese woman who had hoped to make a traditional snake wine. Oh, I think we've talked about this lady before. Did I, I do this one? I have done this one before. See, I wasn't it... sure if I'd done this one before or if I talked to you about it because it was going to be an episode and then I never did it. No, I'm I'm fairly certain. you, Or maybe you did just now. I don't know. Tell the story and then... I'm going to tell the story. It. If this is a repeat, I apologize. Yeah. I don't think it is, though. Okay. However, a Chinese woman who had hoped to make a traditional snake wine died after being bitten by a venomous serpent, <laughs> which she ordered online. Yeah. I think that we did, or maybe it was our conversation, but I was like, how the hell did they send these snakes that she's opening the box and it's biting her? Yeah, so 21-year-old woman in the northern province of Shaanxi died um, eight days after being bitten by the Manny Banded Crite, the official um, news agency reported about that. And uh, she had bought the snake on their, it's a it's an e-commerce platform. It's a Zuan Zuan. Zwan Zwan. Yeah. And it's backed by the Chinese internet heavyweight Tenkan um, from a seller in the south southern province. So if I went on there right now, could I order a venomous snake? I don't know. Um, but the snake had been delivered by the local courier company, which did not know what was in the box. So they had no idea that was even in the box or anything like that. And somehow, yeah, the, the way they had packaged it, it got So that's out. like crazy in so many different ways. First of all, this woman's opening a box and getting bitten. So obviously there's some issues there. And the delivery guys don't know there's a venomous snake. What happens if the package gets damaged? Snakes on a plane, baby. <laughs> snakes on a plane. That's what happens. That's how that movie came to real life. Right? That's yeah. probably what happened. Yeah. Somebody was ordering a bunch of snakes and Samuel L. Jackson had to get on there and say, get I, all these motherfuckers. Listen, did I ever tell you, I'm sure I told you, <laughs> that I once had a dream <laughs> that I met Samuel Jackson and I was like, listen, I am so disappointed in you for doing that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not tell me you had that dream and I am 
I don't know why you would be disappointed with him for doing that movie. Oh, boy. So, ladies and gentlemen, those are the uh, two Darwin Awards. So, one, don't climb light posts. No, don't order venomous snakes. And don't order snakes in the mail. <laughs> yeah. To make it's wine. Actually, Apparently, I, when you make this wine, though, it gives like it gives you like a hot like it numbs your whole body. It's like a so, hallucinogen almost. Yeah, it, and you take the it takes well, the whole it's snake. Poison. To make it. Right. <laughs> I know why. And it takes the whole snake to make it. Oh no. I just That's can't. I can't. Very unfortunate it. for the snake who actually won in this case, because I'm sure he slithered away and lived a happy life. He did <laughs> slither away, but they found him because he, she was in an apartment building, and oh. they were so worried. So they actually found the snake, and it doesn't say if they took it to a zoo or if they killed it or not. But they did have to go out and try to find the snake because they got out of her apartment. Oh damn! He was a good snake. He was tricky. Yeah. He broke out of something in a box, bit the girl, and then escaped the apartment. Go snake, go. go. Yeah, go snakey, <laughs> go snakey, go. So yeah, but um, yeah, and then I don't know. It didn't say afterwards if he wound up at a zoo or. Oh, they I'm sure they it. killed him. Yeah, probably. That's what they always do, right? That's what they do. Because it's his fault. Yeah. That she wanted to make wine. Right. They want. She wanted to kill it and use its body for wine. Yeah. So you know that just comes down to a woman trying to make wine. They'll do anything. I wouldn't do that. Listen, what? I drink a lot what? of wine. I would not kill a snake to make my wine. That wouldn't happen. You don't know. I do know. You don't know how many snakes were killed in the orchard, preventing them from eating the, the as you call them, wine seeds. Yeah. <laughs> My wife calls grapes wine seeds. <laughs> if you did not know this, you do now. So this is where we tell everybody, thank you very much. And the please follow and uh, subscribe. subscribe and hit like and five like, star. If you could get even just a couple people to like, review us like i think we have one review somewhere in the vast yeah if you want to send a review that'd be nice like how awesome and amazing the darwin part is yeah but only if you're gonna give us a good review you're gonna give us a bad review that's okay (laughs) i'm excited just to get another review actually i'm okay with bad reviews i'm not perfect i can take criticism i will cry you will cry If anybody really wants to give us a bad, bad review on the editing, the editing that my wife works very hard trying to edit this on her own, that, that would make her cry. If anybody's interested in trying to make her cry. Let's word. not make a platform of making Cheryl cry. That should, should, should be the new thing. How can we make Cheryl cry? On today's episode of making Cheryl cry. We're going to do mean tweets. Okay, how about you just tell your dad How about was... I also say welcome to our new countries. Oh, we have new countries. We do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, welcome Finland. Finland. Go Finland. And welcome the Virgin Islands. The what, Virgin Islands? Yeah, the British Virgin Islands, something like that. So, some new listeners out there. So, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um tell all your friends. Tell all your friends. Uh, like we say, even so you, if you, you just can wanna... even say, listen, I was the first person in this country to listen to this podcast and they talked about me. That's right. <laughs> and it was so amazing. You have to do it. Maybe they'll talk about you. <laughs> Except we won't because they're second. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes that. <laughs> oh, there, yep. No cliffhanger in this world. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, here's the dad joke or phrase or thing. Oh, it's not actually a joke? Well, it's kind of a joke. Okay. I don't get 
why Marvel doesn't use the Hulk for more advertising. I mean, he's literally one big banner. <laughs> okay, anybody who doesn't watch Marvel has no idea what you're talking about. Bruce Banner turns his into name, the Hulk. His name is Bruce Banner. He's literally one big banner. One big green banner. <laughs> <laughs> well, banner's not green. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to say goodbye and good night and good luck with your week. Um, because my wife's already made this one so long Easy that you probably gave up. It. You liked it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.